Hey, today we are talking about why the most vital step is failure. And the last couple days, failure has kind of been perfectly served up on my plate and it's tasted so wonderful. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, this word just kind of keeps coming back. And I think, you know, stressing the importance of failure in all things, in relationships, in life, in work in your journey spaces, really failure is what's going to lead you to your next great breakthrough if you can just commit to failing. It's okay. The entire world is full of failures and the entire world is full of people who got back up and got it right the next time. You owe it to yourself to commit to just failing, especially when you're in the art of something new, right? Sometimes you have to get it wrong to get it right. And you can outlast any failure that comes across your plate as long as you're willing to look at it as an opportunity to learn. So we're talking through that. We're talking through how to apply that to your relationships. We're kind of digging deep into a lot of big thoughts around failure and this idea. So, so happy that you're here today. If you get a chance and you feel like this is something that really helped you in some way, Go ahead and share it with a friend, with a coworker. I don't know. Whoever you think needs to hear this, share away. Um, I'm so grateful to have you in this community. Enjoy. This is the Death of a Dream podcast with your host, Hannah Ness. We talk about your dreams, where they died, why they died, how you come back, how you recover from that death, where you wrote yourself off, and why you never thought you should dream again. That's what we dive into every day. It is a one-on-one -on -one look at the rebirth and recovery of you taking hold of your life and living your life on your terms. Please join us. Hey, welcome. <laughs> Dang it. Okay, enough. Sorry, I was just like rocking out to some Jason Mraz, which if you're not a Jason Mraz fan, I'm going to go ahead and guide you there. Listen to Jason Mraz. Go ahead and take in the beauty and the love and the freedom and the, how the music just surrounds you and envelops you into this world. Okay, that's all that I have to say on that. Uh, I actually found Jason Mraz uh, sitting one night and I've always looked for different experiences and and things that are just outside of the norm and very much when I was like early high school years it was so hard to find an individual voice um 
and to like seek out and find music that everybody else didn't like. And so one night I stay up late and I'm watching Iowa public television of all things. I know. Right. Um, (laughs) so I'm watching IPTV. That's what it's called. That's what the hip kids call it these days. Guarantee they don't guarantee they don't even know what that is. Okay. Uh, so on IPTV, they had this like late night special and it was just featuring Jason Mraz. And I remember him singing and playing his guitar and like just me being so shell-shocked by this music, by like this man, by this movement. I couldn't even believe that this existed and that started my love of Jason Mraz and his music and all things. And so I still to this day am a fan and I love just peeking in and learning new music and listening. And so go ahead and intro yourself. It doesn't have to happen on your public television station. It could happen anywhere. It could happen right on your phone. Go ahead and just listen, stream it, find it. It's just good intentioned music and it's light and it's life-giving. Anyways, that's not what my great thing is about, but gosh, I love that music. So my great thing from yesterday is my, my two children, these two beautiful souls, my daughters, I talked about them this month already. Um, they last night we were driving home from gymnastics and they were like, are we going to get a babysitter tomorrow? Cause it's your anniversary. Are we going to, and I had mentioned something about maybe we'll have someone watch them on our anniversary. And I'm like, no, I think your dad has a meeting. And so we're just going to have to cancel on that. And that's okay. Cause that's important right now. And we can catch up on another day. And I don't know if their disappointment was in the fact that we wouldn't get to celebrate our anniversary or more with the fact that they were excited to actually be watched by someone else. And that idea, the romanticized version of being babysat, they've loved that idea. Um, either way, they were like deeply saddened by this. What mom? It's your day. It's the it's your day you should celebrate. I'm like, yeah, I know, but we'll we'll maybe do it this weekend. It's okay. It's okay, guys. So I'll take a deep breath. And so when they got home, they're like, hey, we're gonna need you to go to just stay in here and not look in the playroom for a little bit. Okay? We're like, okay, we won't deal. Gotcha. And So then they come out probably uh, 45 minutes later and they're like, okay, we need to go upstairs. You need to stay down here. They go upstairs probably about 10 minutes, come back down. And I'm like, oh my gosh, now the playroom's probably a mess. Now the upstairs is a mess. I'm getting concerned at this point because I haven't even checked in. Usually I can like keep them kind of in a little bit of a cleaner box, like now we're going everywhere. Okay. So then they come back downstairs and they're like, Hey mom, dad, please go upstairs and sit for a little bit. And then we'll, we'll call you back down. So 
<laughs> we go upstairs. We come back downstairs. They have the whole floor covered with balloons from their birthdays. And that's a tradition on their birthdays. The whole hallway is lined in balloons when they wake up and come out of their bedroom. And so they have those same balloons and they've lined the living room floor with them. And so they have us come down and we walk down into all the balloons and then they have presents for us. And, you know, they were things that they had drawn or things that they had made and they were so beautiful and amazing. And I think even more amazing is just their acknowledgement that this is what we do for special things, that we make the people we love feel special on their special days. This is important. And, you know, for a seven and four year old to focus that intently on doing something like that is pretty cool. And I have to think that we have a part in building that and that feels so great because my only wish is that they do the same thing for their kids or their whoever right their spouses or significant others that making people feel important and valued on their day and every day but especially when there are opportunities to celebrate that's always going to be something that sticks with them and last night was the first time that I saw proof that they understand what that is and how to do that. And they did it. So then we go back upstairs and they also decorated our closet door in our room. And it was just so adorable, but also just so like life-giving because for the last year plus, I've been talking about this want to be about something, to know what I'm about, to be able to communicate that to people. And even yesterday we hit on like, be about something. So people know how to interact with you. And last night was just confirmation that my kids get what we're about here in this family what's important. And even though we have to change the date, (laughs) even though it looked a little bit different, they still took that opportunity. And they said, mom, dad, we want to decorate. We want to do your anniversary, but we want to see, we want to see you see it. So we had to celebrate early because both of us wake up before the girls do. And so even that, like even the importance of them seeing our reaction is super cool Um, because that's also something that we value here. It's like, you know, it's not just like, let's rush through this. Take in the whole entire moment. Um, Breathe through this moment. Be here. Be present. And if I can pass on... Anything that's important to me and to my kids, it's that. It's that you show up, that you're here and you're available and you are present. You're just there, right? And gosh, it was just so amazing to see the trickle-down effects. And if you're a parent, even if you aren't, um, you probably have similar hopes for 
your own kids someday, for people that you mentor, for teams that you're over, for whoever, right? We, the best thing that we can do is emulate what we want other people to follow. And if we can be that light, if we can be that life for our kids, imagine, right? Or for our teams or for whoever. You know, a lot of people struggle with the creation of what it's going to look like. And so if you've been gifted a team, if you have the ability to lead anyone, your family, your te- your work team, your volleyball team, I don't care what it is, right? If you have that gift, then one of the greatest things that you can do is lead by example. And how do you do that? You just start doing things that you want to be about. And I've been doing those kinds of celebrations since the girls were little, and now they're seven and four. And this was the first proof point that I've ever seen them kind of take and copy that behavior and do it back. Right? But they were so intentional about it. They were so intense and adorable and loving about it um, that it was inspiring. And I think if we can all take a step and just start doing things with intention for things that we want to be about. My husband and I had conversations so early on that birthdays were always going to be important, wildly important, because we are the ones who are going to make that important for them forever. Like we are the memory keepers of these children of our teams, of the people. When you're taking care of people, you have a huge responsibility. And that's such a beautiful thing. So that's my great thing. Go ahead and take time to recognize yourself for your own great thing. I know that you have it. And if you just take five minutes out of your day to call that into your life, to recognize yourself for that... You can do it, and it will change your life. It will. So let's go ahead and dive all the way in today. I am telling you, June was so set intentionally in my husband and I's mind um, when we decided to create a family. When we got married, it really was just like the weekend that worked out best, Um But ever since then, we kind of just decided June would be our month of celebration of all the great things. So you are in like the peak month of my existence. This is the month. I love celebrating. I love a good party. I love it more than I can ever even communicate on this podcast. I can't even tell you. Um... So, June is amazing. And as we continue to age and grow, hopefully June will look like always going on a family vacation to celebrate birthdays and anniversaries and all the things um, because it's all one month. Hello, was there better 
planning on our part. No, and honestly, Baylor was supposed to be born in July, so we kind of missed the mark there. But she was born in June, so ha! We got it. Um, anyways, being crazy. I've, I've had this term failure put on my plate within the last 24 hours at least five times. And so it kind of keeps representing itself, and I haven't even said it out loud, so I don't know how socials keep serving me this, but it also came up in my book that I read, so it's not even an algorithm type thing. So let's go on failure. And today is my husband and I's eighth wedding anniversary, which completely blows my mind. And if you head over to my Instagram, (laughs) you can see one of our like very first photos. (laughs) And we've grown so much. And, you know, my hair is the bleachest of blonde. And I, I just, I see that girl and boy in that photo. And I think about how insistent we have been on growing together. And even in this last year, it's been this rediscovery of who we are and who we want to continue being together, apart, and together. And that brings me, this seems like a weird thing, right? I'm talking about wedding anniversary and failure. Yikes, right? We're going down a crazy path, Hannah. Bring us back in. How are you going to tie this all together? But I think more than anything, when you enter into a long-term relationship, so say that that's marriage or say that that's just this agreement that we're going to be in this for the long haul, I think you have to be willing to adopt this idea that it's going to be wildly imperfect. And the commitment to that and my husband being an ever perfectionist, I'm sure that this is a very hard concept for him to grasp, but I think, go me, I do a good part of the grounding of what a relationship is, that it isn't all perfect, that you can't expect to wake up every day with someone in all the stages of your life and expect to get it right. But as you venture into relationships, I think it's always grounded in this idea that it's imperfect, right? And if we can just commit to failing then maybe we're a step ahead of everyone else. You know, I know that the best lessons that I've ever learned, that the championship drivers of success in my life have come from failing, have come from coming up short. And if you're willing to wake back up and get it right every day after, you'll be so much stronger. And you don't know. You don't know how to get it right if you never get it wrong. Right? And trying to edge yourself and avoid the failure 
is going to set you up for bigger failure down the road. Go all in, right? Fail. Fail big. Then wake back up and do it again and learn more. And I think one of the biggest keys to great relationships is this unwillingness to give up. Is this willing nature to keep growing and learning together? And does that mean that you're going to have to have wildly uncomfortable conversations? Yeah. Does that mean that once in a while, if someone's being ridiculous and super psychotic that you're going to have to call them on that and be like, hey, so here's the thing. These may or may not be actual conversations that my husband has had with me or that I have had with him. We'll just use them as a cornerstone of balance for everyone here. Hey, you kind of can't keep showing up like a psycho. Uh, Because you're driving all of us crazy. And you can imagine what my face would look like in response um, to someone saying that to me. Um, You can go ahead and imagine my response. Right? And in that moment, it feels so attacked and so small. But in that moment, if you're willing to set aside your own ego at this idea that you've committed to this relationship to growing and always getting better and you're willing to look inside at yourself as an equal part of the equation of success and failure because that's what you are ever going to be balancing, then take a look inside. What is it going to take you to grow past this moment and keep those conversations going, right? Why am I showing up like a crazy person? What's going on? Because I think a lot of times our reaction to that, we want it to be outward, right? Like, oh, really? Really? You're going to call me on being crazy, but you're also not going to pick up your shorts for the seventh time this week? Oh, okay. Yeah, I wonder why I'm going crazy, right? And and in past years of my life, slash maybe a week ago, that would have been my response. And it still is. And I still have to save myself from going to those places. But I think, bottom line, you are the protector of yourself and where you're headed and how you're showing up, right? And how you want to show up. And if that's how you're being perceived, then you have two choices. Right? If my husband says that I'm showing up like a crazy person, that I need to change it. I can either take that in, get super angry, and find all the reasons that I'm gone crazy. And it could be that the shorts are on the floor, the hangers on the door, or my kids throw their clothes. Like every like, why would there even be dirty clothes there? I don't know what's going on. Why would we leave our shoes out? It doesn't make any sense at all. Like, why does this keep happening to me? And I can go down that list or I can acknowledge that this is something that 
my family or my husband is feeling about me. And if I don't want them to feel that, regardless of all the reasons, all the excuses that I have, if I don't want them to feel that about me anymore, then uh, it's probably worth showing up different, right? Hey, Jordan, totally hear what you're saying. Totally get that you're getting a crazy vibe from me. I don't want that. If I stop yelling, would that be enough for you to not think that I'm a crazy person? Yeah, Hannah, I guess if you came home and stopped breathing fire down our necks every second until we go to bed about what we aren't doing right, it probably would help. Yeah. Okay. Would that be enough? Yeah. Oh. Okay, boom. But here's the thing. I think the biggest step is recognizing that you could have gotten it wrong. And this is where I have failed prior and have continued to strive to learn more as to how I show up as a better person in this relationship. I know. It feels like an attack, right? It feels like pain. It feels like someone coming after you. But this is what you should also know. These are just things that people know about you. They're just beliefs that they're holding. And if you don't want them to think that about you, then it's worth showing up different. That's it. Stop letting them hurt you. And start letting them grow you. Right? Take that in. Be hungry for those opportunities to fail and grow. Right? And we're not even saying fail. To just keep learning. Right? Fail or loss. It's a part of it. In fact, it is one of the most vital steps in getting anywhere worth going. Because you can't really fully understand what it's like to win if you never lost to get there, right? And gosh, we go down a lot of crazy roads, but here we are. I was on the basketball team, the basketball team that was like picked to win state. We were undefeated the whole entire season. We had never lost a game. It was set up to be the perfect season. This was going to be it. We had the best players. I was or was not one of them. I was a part of, I was in the starting lineup, but I cannot sit here and tell you that I would have been a part of the best players, Um, but I was a player. And we had gone through this whole season with this idea of seeking perfection and and never wanting to lose. And that's not to say that teams who live that perfect season haven't taken hits along the way. But the problem wasn't the perfection that we were seeking. The problem was this lack of understanding what it was like to be challenged. And so when we went on our sub-state run, all of a sudden we start to be challenged beyond what we had gotten used to. 
and we didn't know what we were like when our backs were up against the wall. We hadn't seen it. We didn't know. And so we lost. We lost. And we were shell-shocked. No one expected it. And honestly, we lost by like, ugh. Ugh, it still makes me mad to this day. Some girl, and I'm pretty sure she was a post, and I'm pretty sure that she was super tall and should have never even been in the realm of making this shot. But like, it was like a crazy half court to the side shot that banked in. And she had no reason to be taking that shot. And there was no reason that that shot should have even come close to going in, and it did. And we got beat in the last second. But we didn't know how to fight. We had never failed. And so we had never seen our team from the inside and the out. We didn't know the full breadth of our team. And so failure is the most important step that you can take towards getting anywhere. Because you have to know what it looks like in order to overcome bigger foes, right? If my husband and I never fought or bickered, never had these real conversations, we can't really grow anywhere together, right? If we're always just like surface level and we're just like, you know what? You're kind of being a jerk, but I'm not going to say anything because I'm just going to love you through it. It's okay. No, like I'm about to call you out if you're going to keep showing up as a jerk and we're going to work through how to get you to stop doing that, right? What is it? What's making you so frustrated or stressed out? What's going on? Let's talk, okay? Because I don't want to live in this world with you where we're constantly attacking each other. What's going on? Keep going deeper. Keep digging because... Not knowing leads people to other places. Keep going, keep growing, keep digging. But the most important thing that you can do, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in forging a new path, whether it's in coaching a basketball team, is find out. Allow yourself to go to those low places to those lost places. Lose and learn and keep showing back up and keep getting it wrong and then get it right and then get it right again and then get it wrong again. But never stop learning. Never stop asking. Never stop growing. Right? The best thing that you can do for yourself, for growth, is fail. Get it wildly wrong. Have conversations about how you got it wrong. What led to that? What's going on? What can we change? What can we fix? How can we do it better next time? Right? We're fighting right now. What 
what led to this, what Jor- Jordan, what is that stressor for you? What causes that stress? Why do we go to this place? What can I do better? Right? And don't take those as missiles. And I think so much of what we see sensationalized in media or in TV shows, right, is this conflict. And a lot of times it just looks like shots fired at one another just for the excitement of shooting fire, really. Um, But after the shot fired, don't take it as a shot fired, right? Take it as this ability to take in knowledge about yourself as someone else is perceiving it. Because we all have these perfect visions of who we're projecting into the world and they're only as good as how others are perceiving it. So my best advice to give anyone is to start failing. Perfect the pursuit of failing in your relationships, in your life. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. So if you want to check out all things The Death of a Dream, you can head over to nussink.com. That's where you'll find me. Uh, Go ahead and jump into the chat. Talk to me. Otherwise, you can follow me on all socials um, at The Death of a Dream. You should be able to just search it uh, to like and follow me for additional content, for additional resources. That's where you can find me if you just want more The Death of a Dream. If you like this podcast, uh, I would be so grateful for your review anywhere that you listen. Uh, That always helps us podcasters continue to grow in this trade. So I'd be super grateful for you to pop over there and talk about how this podcast helped you. As always, I'd love to connect with you. Go ahead and reach out. Let's chat about what you have going on.